welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, I got you to look up 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So our new life in Jesus is not an extension of your current life. Say you, um, I don't know whether you've always grown up in Christian families or not, um, but for myself, I didn't, and then gave my life to Jesus. So there's a distinctive change. Um, but my being a new creation wasn't extent wasn't an extension of my previous life. It was something totally new, all right, brand new. God gave it to us, and He gave it to you too as well. Brand new creation over to you, and it's not a work in progress either. You are not works in progress. Now this is something to get into your head. <laughs> Because your brain tells you your working process. Why? Because the culture, the work we live in, you've been in business, they tell you the first day you start your job, well, you're not able to do it properly yet, we'll train you and you'll develop. And as you get trained, they then say to you, well, improve these competencies, please, and you'll even get better. Or we'll challenge you even more to sell more things and you'll get better. In school life, you know, Study harder and you'll get better A-levels. Um, you're not studying hard enough. They'll have a meeting with your mum and dad and say, hang on a minute, he's not putting an effort in. He's not being passionate. Um, tell him to be passionate. Get him to be passionate and he will get better. So that, that is the culture that we live in. But it's not kingdom culture. God says, new creation. He does it powerfully by giving you the Holy Spirit. It's done. And that's what this brain has to come to terms with. It has to say, I'm not a work in progress. I'm a new creation. Now, there's two different things going on here. I could, ha- I could be full of the gifts of the Spirit. So I see miracles happening every day. Right? Cancers healed, people getting saved, everything. Miracles. Gifts of the Spirit functioning. But my character could be really poor. And there's been many Christians like that. Or I could see the fruit of the Spirit functioning perfectly in my life. You know, um, love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control. It's functioning wonderfully. But I don't see any of the gifts of the Spirit. I'll never prophesy. I never see anybody healed. I'm never expecting to see the miraculous. Both are are good, but they're both missing. Because both aspects, spirit, fruit, are to flow in your life, okay? And so you've been made a brand new creation and Father placed the Holy Spirit in you. And that enables you him being in you enables you to live the life of a new creation. As I said last week, the issue that that 
really impacts or hinders you is what you think. If you don't believe it, or if you have some phrases like, I'm not living up to it, I'm not doing as well as I should, I'm not trying as hard as I should, I'm not passionate as the way that I should be, then you will always hit against this, not up to it, okay? So, John 3.6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Both of you have been born of the Spirit. You can't be born more of the Spirit. Do you understand? You were born of the Spirit. And there's no more Spirit that you can be born of. (laughs) You were it. You were the new creation and you were born of the Spirit. The Greek word for new in 2 Corinthians 5.17 is totally new kind. You can't make yourself any more new. Doesn't matter how, to, how much passion you have, or how much um, uh, effectiveness you have in your life. You can't make yourself any more new. He just made a new kind. There you go, Eric. You're brand new, right? So when you came to Jesus, then that day when you gave your life to Jesus, or in that process when you were, grew up in a Christian family and, and you just realised you were Christian. You were cleansed of your sin. If you remember, Phil Dreiser will have talked to you about the, the root word for sin um, is an inward element that causes outward acts of, of wrongdoing. And when Jesus died on the cross, he ripped out of you that sin thing. All right? It's gone. Never to come back. It's gone. And you were made a new creation. So you were cleansed from your sin you became the new creation that Jesus made you were joined in union with Jesus so that it never gets broken you were joined in that vital union with him and you're no longer part of Adam's race you're the sons and daughters of your father God and he did that in an instant when I gave my life to Jesus I said Jesus, please be my saviour. Boom! Happened. Now, if my mind is not renewed, I think I'm in a process of getting better and better and better at being a Christian. I think I'm in a process of becoming more like a, I'll just choose some example, more like a Phil Drysdale, or more like a um, Timo Hack. I'm in a process of doing that. But in the reality of what scripture says, no, I'm not in the process. I'm actually a son of God. He made me a son, a child of God. He didn't say I make you a child of God in a process. You know, you've got your leg is one leg is a child of God, but the rest of you have still got to be changed. And he made you in his image. He made you with the spirit of God in you. He made you with the life of the Spirit all around you, abundant life. And he said, there you go, son. Off you go. Live this life now. Live it in the abundance of... You know all the things that you're saying to me? I want to see the sick healed. Uh, I want to um, deepen my... uh, You know, enjoy my relationship with Jesus. I want to just be filled with him, right? 
So he said to you, off you go, sons. There's nothing else that you need. You don't get more of the Holy Spirit. He came, filled you. You just now need to walk in the fullness of what he gave you. And that's where the challenge of it is. And when I go through this talk, I'm going to talk about things that seem to be wacky and strange. But they're all just pointers from God to help us move forward into the the supernatural. So 1 Peter 2.23 says, Having been born again, so that's the three of us here, having been born again, not of perishable seed, i.e. not of a seed that's going to die, but imperishable, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So you're imperishable, you're not going to die, you're with Jesus, you're Jesus, get my words right, Jesus is your life. Jesus is your life. You stand on his faith. It's the faith of Jesus that's been given to you. You stand on his faith. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. That's what it says in scripture. So you stand on his faith. Fantastic. You're cloaked in his love. I am loved. I'm lo- you know, we spend a whole week trying to teach you that Father loves you. He loves you. He really does love you. You know, that you're cloaked in his love. Father God sees you now as this eternal new creation faultless because of what Jesus has done blameless and radiant in glory that's who you are you're radiant in glory if you remember the first session I had with you I was saying how when I got baptised in the spirit me and Irvin was in this room we were filled with the spirit two women came to the door when they opened the door they said what's happened in here they could see this radiant in glory you carry that same radiant glory over your life. Now, you might say, well, Alan, I've not yet prayed for anybody and they've got been healed. I've not yet um, done any major activity for God. You know, I feel like I'm still struggling. I don't quite know where I am. Well, I don't look at my four-year-old grandchild and go, you're not an adult you're not doing adult things you grandchild I am totally overwhelmed with my grandchild I think she's wonderful right Father God does the same he's made you his sons with the potential to be everything that he wants for you you have it all you're not trying to find something but you have it all what you are doing continually is renewing your mind and this course, I destiny, will challenge your mind over and over again. Because you've been taught certain things, and we'll be saying, yeah, maybe we used to believe them, don't believe them anymore. It's changed our lives by changing the way we think. Oh, has it really? <laughs> and you'll challenge, that'll challenge you. You may not in the end agree with us, but we're saying to you, it certainly is something that's happened here. Uh, then uh, you'll be renewing your mind by saying to yourself I am a new creation I am I have everything of God in me the the fullness of the Holy Spirit's in me I am living that life and as you move forward in that belief so you'll start to see the things of the heaven happen passion is a lovely word what passion does for you 
is help you continually love Jesus. Because what can happen is that in your Christian life, I mean, I've been a Christian now since I was 19, so it's a long time, right? Um, what can happen in your Christian life is it's just like same old, same old. Come to church, go home, pray, read my Bible, go home. But what passion does in you, it's like, you know when you, you've got a, Merrick, you've got a girlfriend, haven't you? Yeah. There's something in you that wants, you want to go and see her, don't you? You want to meet up with her. You're probably planning on arranging something to go and see her, aren't you? Um, you're separated at the moment. You probably get on the internet to talk to each other, um, send her a letter. You, you're thinking of or planning the next event to meet up. There's something about passion in you wants to meet with her. So passion in our relationship with Jesus, it just keeps me wanting to meet up with him, wants me to encounter him, wants me to enjoy him. It just keeps me moving. Now, if Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith, do you not believe then that it's him that keeps drawing you, pulling you in, drawing your heart in? That's what I find. It's him that just keeps saying, Alan, and I keep turning towards him. So when you're talking about, I want more passion in my life, I want more passion, I really, if I get more passion... The focus there is, what am I doing? Can I do more? Can I be more? Can I get more? Can I do? And I would say, I've learnt that when I rest and say, I am, I discover that I'm very passionate. When I try hard to be, I discover that my passion is wanting. Because somehow or other I've now measured it against somebody measured it against my youth pastor measured it against Reinhard Bonnke measured it against um, I don't know some other famous person in church and you you never match up you, you, you're always in the situation you're at work well you, you made good sales last year but this year you need to make more and that's what it always feels like when you compare. But when I let him draw me, there's never any comparison. It's always well done. It's always have more. It's always here's a drink for you. It's always here's my blessing for you. It's always pouring out of him towards me. So I'm new. I'm all brand new and it's all because of what he has done. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that we were raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where you sat, Timon? Where are you sat when you look at that verse there? Are you sat in heavenly places? Yes. yes. 
Okay. Are you sat in heavenly places every minute of every day? Yes. I don't feel like it's always, but yeah. Um, feelings have nothing to do with this at all. Feelings come, but the reality of faith is what does the Word of God say? That's the reality. Okay? And it's often, Timon, that we don't recognize what heavenly places look like, that we think we're not in it. When we begin to recognize what heavenly places look like, we realize, oh gosh, we are in it. <laughs> So, Paul makes it very clear that the whole process of getting saved, we got raised into heavenly places. Now, heavenly places is not where you go when you die. The Greek word means the invisible realm, the invisible spiritual realm that's around you now. You've been raised up into that spiritual realm, meaning that you're aware of it, you're in it, you're part of it, right? And remember we were talking about the Jacob's ladder angelic um, activity going up and down, and then we saw that that was fulfilled in Jesus angelic activity going up and down and then we saw that scripture makes it quite clear that it's fulfilled in us angelic activity, i.e. heavenly places, that's where we are. So this invisible spiritual realm surrounds me in every part of my daily situation. When I'm at home, when I'm at work, when I'm in church, when I'm praying for somebody, when I'm eating my uh, spatula, when I'm um, talking to my girlfriend, when I'm sending a letter home, I am in heavenly places. That's where Paul said we got raised up. But I'd like to suggest that there's two kingdoms. There's the realm of man and there's the realm of God. This heavenly supernatural realm. Okay? I'd like to suggest that there's two places. And those two kingdoms have two different cultures. The supernatural realm is not an exception, but it's life. It's not to be a random, isolated experience. Three years ago, I remember one event happening, and that was supernatural. It's supposed to be every part of your life. You're involved in it, because he raised you up into heavenly places. The heavenly realm's culture is so different. Just think of a few things. It's full of honour. The Father honours the Son. The Son honours the Father. They both honour the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit honours the Father and the Son. It's just full of honour. So therefore we talk a lot about honour and learning to honour one another. Learning to honour the giftings that's in you. Learning to honour the spiritual man, that sat, men that sat here. Learning to believe in you. Because that's exactly what Father does to the Son. Exactly what the Son does to the Father. Right? So that's heaven's culture. It's full of love. Remember... You know, it talks about agape love, the laying down of your life for others. That's what it talks about. Um, it talks about forgiveness. It talks about, um, you know, giving to gain. You know, it's a strange concept within the kingdom. Give, 
and it'll be given back to you, pressed down and overflowing. The world teaches you, the world's culture teaches you, don't be daft, don't give away stuff, you know, save some money in the bank. Uh, or, uh, you know, get more and more, uh, what's the word, developed in your learning and you'll be respected and then things will be given to you. Now that's the world's culture. Heaven's culture is give away and it'll be given back to you, pressed down and overflowing. And do you see why your mind needs to be renewed? Because if it doesn't really believe that in the heavenly realm that you're living in, that if you give, it will be given back to you. In all sorts, I don't just mean money, but I mean in your passionate life, as you're letting it be given to Jesus, or giving it to the church, or giving it to the people around you, that it be given back to you, pressed down and overflowing, then you'll struggle to see the kingdom of God because you're actually not really believing it. And it all comes down to what you believe in the end. Okay? So Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, you will see righteousness, peace and joy. That's his kingdom. And our mindsets can hold us in our earthly culture. Because that's where we feel happiest. This is solid, I believe, in a solid chair. I'm alright. I'm not sure I can do what Jesus did, walk on water. I'm not sure that I could see gravity changed. I'm not sure that time could stand still for me, even though it was in the Bible. I'm not sure that it could be for me. Because I know that's real. Now that struggle in our minds that I know the things that are real and I've done science at school so I know the, the laws, you know, uh, law of gravity, things will fall. If you get gravity, unless it's an aeroplane, that one overcomes the law of gravity but I'm subject to it, therefore I can't live any other different way. How do I pray for somebody who is sick, who has cancer? How do I even believe that they could be healed if I'm stuck with believing in this science do you get what I mean because it's beyond science alright so I'm going to share a couple of stories now um, about a lady that I mean you don't know her so I need to fill in a bit of a background so Isabel Allen is a prophet from Toronto and she's very close friends with uh, Timo Hack so uh, Timo lived with Isabel and her husband Ivan for many years uh, they've been over here many times they spend I think must be six months of the year doing ministry around the world uh, so that they're really I'm trying to give you some background that this is not a flaky lady she is somebody who's really gifted in the kingdom of God right? so Isabel um, she's somewhere in America having done a conference and to get to the airport is a three-hour drive. So she's in a hotel room and her phone is on the top of the television. Her pink phone, top of the television. And you know, with everybody now, you, on your phone you can have your boarding pass, can't you, for your, you know, to get on the flight, particularly an internal flight within a, in America. Boarding pass is on there. Um, all the telephone numbers, all her information is on her phone. 
So she's packing. Holy Spirit says to her, pack your phone. She says, yes, yes, thank you, I will do. Carries on packing. Another prompt from the Holy Spirit. Pack your phone. Yes, yes, I will do. It's all right. So it carries on packing. Third time, Holy Spirit says, pack your phone, Isabel. And she got really ratty with the Holy Spirit and said, I know, I'll do it. You know, a bit like we get a bit annoyed with people when they keep telling us something, don't they? Pecking at us. And she said, I'll do it. Anyway, she set off driving and you can remember what's going to happen. Imagine what's going to happen. She does a three-hour drive to the airport, arrives at the airport, looks in the handbag, no phone. No phone. So what are the options? If you're living in the earthly kingdom culture, what are your options? Buy a, buy a new ticket, probably. That's an option. Stay overnight in a hotel. Drive back the three hours. Pick up your phone. Drive back again three hours. Any other options? I think that's all, isn't it? Probably. Isabel has learnt not to live in that kingdom. But she felt really bad because she knew that the Holy Spirit had prompted her three times to pick her phone up. And so she thought, oh dear, this is bad. I can't ask God to help me, can I, when I've been such a mess as that? I can't do that. And Irv, uh, 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 Ivan, that's her husband, is going to be really mad with me when I have to buy a new ticket or get a new, um, stay in a hotel or, or be delayed in getting home. He's going to be really mad with me. And that was her thoughts. And while she's, in the, she's now in the queue going to the checkout, having these thoughts, and she says, while I was moving along, the Holy Spirit said to me, Isabel, why do you want to live like that? And she thought, oh, I know what he means. So she just said, I'm sorry. And then she said, okay, Dad, please could you bring my phone to me? So she's walking in the queue. She doesn't look in her handbag anymore. She gets to the front of the queue where the lady says, please can I have your boarding pass? She opens her handbag and there was a pink phone. She takes it out, hands it over. Do you believe that we could live like that? No? Do you believe it's a story that could be real for you? I mean, it's, it's always easy to believe it, uh, that it happened in that way. But I, I think it's often not as easy to believe that it's really could happen in your life but so I, that, uh, I mean I, I know that Jesus can do that and it's no problem for me to believe that but it's really hard to believe it for me okay so you're going to have to start on a journey of believing him for things like that I think that's what the journey both of you are on you're going to have to start to say okay it's got to start somewhere you, you, you've got to I'm going to trust you, right? Another story from Isabel. 
And this one really showed me how much my mind still needs renewing. It really did. Her and her husband, Ivan, are driving across Canada. Late at night, um, they need to get more fuel in the car. So they call into a service station. And they both get out of the car and inadvertently the car key is left hanging in the ignition in the car and the doors are locked so they can't get the car key Isabel's handbag with the spare car key is in the car her phone is in her handbag which is in the car Ivan's phone is in the car and they've just both realised oh gosh what do we do now so they go into the service station and it's late at night and there's only the waitress there and there's no pay phone. So they ask, can they borrow a phone? Because the intention was to ring, um, in this country we have the AA, you know, a breakdown service that will come and fix your car. You know, so if you're in that sort of situation, they would come and unlock the door so you can get in. So they're going to ring... The, the, the equivalent of the AA. What do you have in Germany? Adiazi. So they were going to ring them. Um, they were going to ring the church that they were going to in Canada so they knew that they would be late. Attention was. Waitress says, yes, you can borrow my phone. Hands the, goes to hand the phone over and in the process of doing that, the phone drops on the floor and smashes into three pieces. What are you going to do? Now, for me... It, it's simple. I know now what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and get a brick and I'm going to smash the driver's window. Because although it's going to cost me money, I can reach in and get the car key. I can open the door. I can start the engine. I can drive to where I want to go to. And if I got some plastic sheeting, I could stick it on the window. I'm sure I could buy some tape in the service station maybe get some plastic bag and stick it over the window and I'd be alright to the following day when a mechanic can fix the window I thought it was simple I don't know whether you would agree I mean it's expensive but I thought that's an easy way you know you've got no phone to ring anybody you can't ring the, ser- you can't ring the breakdown service you can't ring any friends to come and help you I just thought it was simple Ivan and Isabel have learnt to do things differently. They stood there waiting with the waitress, and she's looking at them, what you're doing. And the two of them, uh, Isabel says, you know, she was trying not to think, because if she thought, what she would be thinking was, I'm a stupid lady, I shouldn't have got out of the car and locked the key in the car. What's Ivan thinking of me? I bet he thinks I'm a daft woman. Get what I mean? That was her. That would be her thinking. But she stopped herself thinking. And she said, as she looked at Ivan, she realised, oh, something. She saw the kingdom of God. Right? That's what I'm saying to you. Learn to see the kingdom. She saw the kingdom of God. And Ivan put his hand in his pocket. And there was the car key. That was in the ignition a minute ago. Was now in his pocket. So, Timon, do you think it could happen to you? It could, yeah. It could. Would you like it to happen to you? Yeah. 
Would you like it to happen to you? Yeah, we all would, wouldn't we? We all would. So, but those two stories really showed me how much still my mind is locked underneath this heavenly culture because I had a simple solution and I didn't have a, what you would call passion, you know, to pursue Jesus, to think about Jesus. I was going to smash the window, right? Remember, I keep saying that your mind is the gateway to the heaven. It is the way that it, it all happens. Everything God has for you, his promises over your life, those prophetic words that you have, uh, your destiny all hinges on the culture of the heavenly kingdom. It all flows from there. That's why you were lifted up into this heavenly realm. All right? Kingdom's culture is growing in our church. For long enough, we used to think that we weren't good enough, that we weren't up to it, that we didn't have enough passion, that we didn't have enough relationship with Jesus, that there was something missing on our side, that we had to put more effort in, that we had to put more prayer in, that we had to fast longer, that maybe if we did a 40-day fast, or maybe if we did a week's fast, that would help, or maybe if we did two weeks' fast, that would even be better, or maybe if we did a 40-day fast, then God would do something. And that's what we wanted. There had to be more. And we kept thinking that. And why we kept thinking that, it was like it was out there. We never got it. As soon as it changed to, oh, Jesus, you've done it. I'm your son. I'm your new creation. You love me. I'm loved by you. You just love wooing me. You just draw me into your presence. I love it. I love it. As soon as that realization hit us, And as soon as honour started to flow amongst us, and as soon as loving relationships began to be honoured amongst us, supernatural stuff started happening around us. More than we ever imagined. Um, Signs and wonders, it talks about in scripture. And a sign can often make you wonder. Right? And God has been giving signs around the world. You will have heard maybe of what we saw in that finger of God, didn't we? Manna coming. We saw gold dust appearing. We saw jewels appearing. They're all signs. God doesn't often give with a sign an interpretation of it. Bill Johnson will say we've had white feathers falling in church, on planes, around us. And people would ask, I say to him, what does it mean? And he would say, don't know. I didn't ask for them. They're just appearing. And he said, the pressure for pastors to explain everything in the supernatural realm is very strong from people who want to know. Tell me exactly. Because if I know exactly, I'll be able to do it. German has that culture. Afraid. You do have it. You want to know. And the heavenly kingdom doesn't have that. It really doesn't. And it's a, it, it is a struggle for you. I understand. We're, we're nearly as bad as yourselves. I think we come out of the same sort of history, really. We are nearly as bad as yourselves. Um, but people who are more, like I say, fluid with things, just flow with it seem very much able to recognise and see the heavenly kingdom around them because they're not trying to work out how it works 
Anyway, we, we've seen gold dust on people. We have seen oil. I mean, there was one guy, just oil appeared on his T-shirt. It was like the most wonderful fragrance. We've seen oil pouring off somebody's hand, and it's just, oh, the fragrance is gorgeous. Uh, we've, uh, Timo, I remember Timo and myself were in a, in a room where the fragrance of Jesus just became, you were overwhelmed with it. It was just wonderful. That was in, in our church. So we've had those things. But we've also had some other strange ones, like bike locks, suitcases, paintings, and coins on walls. So we'll just talk about those for a moment. I am not saying that these mean that we are any way special or whatever, but I see them as the supernatural thing of God breaking in. So Ken Wilkes, I don't know whether he, has Ken come and spoken on the school at all yet? No. Um, so Ken Wilkes has been in our church for I mean, he's in his 70s now. He must have been here 70-odd years, I think. <laughs> he's been here since he was a lad. So Ken would come to church uh, on his bike, and he had a chain that was in a loop and went round his crossbar, OK? Uh, and it had a padlock, but many, many years ago, Ken lost the key to his padlock, so he could never take the chain off. And Ken used to... Uh, he would come and say this is the post here he'd bring his bike and then he would drape the chain around the post to make it look like the bike was locked to the post but it wasn't and I mean he just thought that these would go oh yes look that's locked <laughs> but it never was so it was just locked to his bike so he came here once one day it, he was coming to see Timo so he came, brought his bike put the chain around the post as he normally does came upstairs, had his meeting with Timo goes downstairs and he can't believe what he's seen because the chain is now no longer on his bike it is now padlocked to the post his bike is free it's like this is impossible because I don't have a key and nobody else does and this now the chain is off my bike it's on the post so he brings Timo and Irving down to look at this because he's thinking have I gone something gone wrong in my head because it's I can't believe what I'm seeing and they confirm Ken's bike is free Ken will say I did say to Timo um, earlier on in the conversation um, Timo had some numbers written on his jeans and Ken said why do you want to wear a prison uniform you are Christ has made us free and so Ken says, I always think of this as being, I'm made free. I am free. There's nothing holding me back. June Richards, you won't have seen her. You might have seen her in church, but I don't think she's been to speak yet. So June Richards um, goes around the world preaching. Um, she has something called Deborah Arise. She encourages um, mothers to pray for their children. Um, that they would be involved in and see a worldwide youth revival. You are part of the answers to those prayers. She has been getting women in Germany to pray for youth for many, many, many years now. So around the world, all nearly every country, she has groups of women praying for youth that they would just come into this worldwide youth revival. Okay. So her and her friend Maggie are flying from Heathrow to Africa. They are 
in the plane, been in the plane for quite some time, when the steward comes to June and says, I'm very sorry, Mrs. Richards, we've just had a message from the police at Heathrow saying that your bag was not put on the plane uh, for some security reason. Um, so when you get to Africa, you're going to have to go to lost property, whatever they call it, in the airport, and see if you can make any arrangements for the suitcase to be delivered to you much later on. But for some reason, the police are saying that your bag was not put on for security. So Maggie and June sat on the plane, go, Jesus, I think, please, 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 could you bring my suitcase to us in Africa that would be really good we want our suitcase back so arrive in Africa they get off the plane you're going to baggage handling all the bags are being taken it's all empty now June turns to go into the baggage claim area to make a claim remember the police in Heathrow said your bag Mrs Rich has not been put on the plane for security reasons she turns around her magnet turned around and there where it hadn't been before in the middle of the baggage claim floor was June's bag and she walked off with her bag that had never been put on the plane that had been brought to her just in the same way as Ivan and Isabel's keys June's in this I think it's the same trip um, they're due to fly on to another country in Africa, so they've come into I don't know, say to Uganda, and then they're flying on to another country um, and they're in the uh, um, departure lounge and all of the, you know the signs on the um, board are just cancelled, cancelled, cancelled all flights were cancelled and she's with uh, another group of people who have met her in, in Africa, and they're all trying to think about how can we get a a hotel, how can we do this how can we, what shall we do now how do we communicate with the people we were going to and June sat on her case looking at the checking clerks thinking, which one of those Jesus are you going to get to help me and as she sat there, one of them walks across to her and says, excuse me madam, what are you doing here she said, I want to fly to witness can't think of it. Let's say it's Kenya. I want to fly to Kenya. And they go, it's all cancelled, sir. Madam, it's all cancelled. And she says, I know. But I'm just thinking that you might help me. And the guy goes, yes, if you will come with me now. So she said, well, my party needs to come. Yes, bring your party. So I think it's five of them. Come with me. And they walk out onto the tarmac. And there is a small five-seater plane and they say on you go and they get on the plane they fly to Kenya the impossible becoming possible because you live in a heavenly kingdom um, Tony Edgerton have you met Tony Edgerton yet in church yeah Tony Edgerton is a painter and decorator so this this one just happened just recently um, so he's painting doors in a house and he's got a tin of gloss paint to paint the doors and 
he finishes the door by scraping the last bit of paint out of the tin and finishes the door. Now he's a professional painter and decorator, so he doesn't, me and you might just skimp a bit and think, oh, it's all right. But he doesn't do that. He does it properly. And he's taken the last. So the tin is empty. Nothing in it. He looks around in the room and, oh no, there's another door that he hasn't painted. So he thinks, oh gosh, I've got to go and buy a tin of paint, have I? Just to finish this door off. Um, You know, he'll be thinking of his profit margin. He's just got to go and buy another tin of paint. Um, And just at that point, he, he feels the Holy Spirit say, put your brush in again. So, I mean, you can ask him the story. I mean, he didn't look in the tin. He said, I didn't want to look in the tin because if I looked in the tin, my brain would go, it's empty. There's nothing in it. But he put his brush in. He painted the whole door with an empty tin of paint. The impossible becoming possible because you live in a heavenly realm now to me as I look at these things remember Bill Johnson saying you never really know why God's doing this stuff but to me it just keeps pointing to the impossible being possible you know amongst us it's like Holy Spirit saying look believe it's true you are new creations believe it's true You, you can do this stuff because we're still trying to learn to do this stuff it's not like you're you know please don't think that um, Re- Rebecca knows exactly how to pray for the sick and sees them healed every time and Irving knows how to pray for the sick and sees them healed every time the answer to that is no we're still learning we're still battling with our mind that says it's impossible who's seen cancer healed I haven't seen it cancer it's impossible you're still battling with that um, but we're we seem in these events that's happening that the Holy Spirit's doing that it's like really challenging us to keep believing that the impossible is possible. Um, another story you might have heard of in the church, we used to have a church house and um, Ken Wilkes lived there for a time and he had bought enough carpet to do the ground floor and up the first flight of stairs and he knew he'd bought that because he'd got the carpet fitter to measure it all up and buy you know, so many yards of carpet or so many metres of carpet Ken moved out uh, myself and Andy are now living in the church house and we're running out of money to refurbish this church house I mean we spent a lot of money £40,000 on refurbishing the house and we're, we're down to our last few pounds really so we know we've got enough for the ground floor and the two flights of... It was like two houses knocked together. So ground floor, first flight of stairs. And that's great because anybody coming in through the front door will just see this lovely green carpet. Upstairs, we can go and buy some cheap stuff to do the next landing and then the next two flights to go up into the attic because there was attic bedrooms. But the ladies in the house just believed for more. That was all I was going to do, was go and buy some cheap carpet. But they believed for more. And they said, Jesus, please, could you multiply our carpet? Just in the same way as food's multiplied. Could you multiply our carpet? So I was there with the carpet fitter. And he came, same carpet fitter who's measured everything out. He came again to fit this carpet. 
He says, oh, you're only going up for the ground floor and two flights of stairs, haven't you? We said, yes, OK. So I'm with him, and, and we had a large driveway, and he was going to cut the carpet out on the driveway. And I was there with it, helping it, and we rolled the carpet, and it rolled the length of the house, then rolled out onto the road over to the other side to the next pavement. And he looked at it, and he said, well, I don't know what's happened here. There's enough carpet to do all of your house. In fact, we did. Ground floor, up the stairs, landings, up into the loft, carpet left over. Jesus had multiplied it. The impossible became possible. As we, as some ladies said, please, Dad, could you multiply our carpet? We'll have a break now. Let's have a break, um, get another coffee or another tea, and then we'll carry on. Go to the loo. And I've got to press that to put. Our students, who had heard John Arnott say that this church had put their offering on the wall, well, we'll see if that's true then, <laughs> right? We'll go and do it. And they started to put their money on the wall, and it stayed on the wall. And uh, one of the German lads took a Coke can and put it end-on on the wall, and it just stayed there. Ever since, our students have been putting coins on the wall back in that house, you know, in Gatley Road, coins going on the wall. So here was one year where we filmed it. Oops, not right. Go back. No, won't work. Well, you're going to have to believe me. It was working. I think what I will do is I'll come out of this. Because it was working here um, previously. Turn off airplane mirror. Because I can come and show you. trying anything now. There was me going, I don't know if this is real or not. You know, they're trying to stick something to the wall here. It's Demaris. Five pounds on the wall. And there's um, Eunice. This is at Gatley Road. So, why does God stick coins on the wall? No idea. <laughs> but once you've seen it, it does make you go, oh gosh, 
God can really do anything he wants to. You know, and it makes your understanding of uh, gravity different. But it, it's a bit like a childish thing, really. I mean, you've tried it at home. You can put coins on the wall in Gatley Road. Um, Tom's lived with them on the wall for ages. There was one period when they stayed on the wall. There's quite a few stayed on the wall for quite a few weeks. They just stayed on the wall. Um, <laughs> and you're like, why God? Well, it just feels to me like it's the impossible breaking in. You know, we know that coins can't stay on the wall. Five-pound notes can't stay on the wall. Notebooks can't stay on the wall. Coke cans can't stay on the wall. But they did. And it really challenges you to think, I've got to start thinking differently about all of my Christian life, really. I've got to start thinking differently. So, for me, you know... um, I thought, I want, you know, I've heard Isabel share her stories. And I thought, I want to um, start thinking differently. I want to start pursuing these things, if you like. So Mark 9.23 says, all things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe that, Timon? You've seen already? Yeah, Charles. Right. All things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes. So it, it comes down to what, what do you believe? If you're always believing that there's got to be more passion, there's got to be more this, there's got to be more that, got to be more this, got to be more the other, then you'll, you're in a position where you're in lack and you're trying to fill the lack up but if you believe that he's done everything for you there's no lack and everything's possible for you who believe so I wanted to learn to renew my mind hello Rebecca it's lovely to see you I uh, I wanted to learn to try and start renewing my own mind Um, so my daughter Uh, works at Costa and Costa Coffee and you have to have a card that enables you to operate the tills and so the night before she had put her Costa card in her handbag and it was an early start so set off walking to work you know quarter to eight she was walking to work and I get a phone call dad I've left my Costa card at home now how she left it at home, I don't know, because she'd put it in a handbag the night before, purposefully done it. But anyway, she said, it's not in my handbag. I can't use the till. Can you find it? It'll be in my bedroom. So I'm sure your bedrooms are very neat and tidy. If I was to walk into it now, it would be spotless. Maybe my daughter's wasn't quite the same as that, but it was still okay. Um, so I go in and I'm looking around for the Costa card and I can't find it so I come out to the room and I think I'll get my breakfast and I'll go back in again and look in our country we have something called a man look you know women accuse men of not really looking with intention and I didn't want to be accused of a man look by my daughter 
Uh, and I'm thinking, gosh, she does need this car to work. You know, she won't be able to use the till, and it's the most interesting job, rather than washing the dishes. You know, it's far more interesting doing the till. So um, I went back in again, searched around. There was a, a case on the floor, lifted the case up. No, not there. Around the other side of her bed, nothing there. Searched on a bed, took the bed clothes off, not there, put them all back on again. And I'm... And, I am searching as hard as I could because I did not want to be accused of Matt Rook. I'm now getting panicky because I'm due to speak here at iDestiny. She's going to get in work and hasn't got the card and has to deal with her manager with all of that issue. I know that they, she lives in, works in Altrincham and we're here, the opposite direction. Uh, I'm going to be late now because I've got to drive to Altrincham, drop the card off and find it drive back up here so I'm beginning to panic now you know and I just can't find the card so I come back into her bedroom for the third time and I'm searching and then I remember Isabel Allen's stories so I sit on the bed and I say father if you've got a spare angel could you send that angel and get the Costa card I don't know where it is and please bring it here as soon as I finished my prayer, I got up and started searching again. I was becoming more and more frantic. And the Holy Spirit spoke really loud and he said, Wait! Whew. And it like really took me by surprise. So I sat down on the bed again and I thought, Well, how long have I got to wait? I don't know how long I've got to wait. I'm going to wait. And I did what Isabel had been saying. I stopped myself from thinking, which was because my thoughts were. I'm going to be late here for iDestiny. I'm going to be late getting to that coffee shop. I've got to drive in rush hour down to the coffee shop, drive back up here in rush hour. It's just going to be a mess. That's what my thoughts were. So I've stopped myself. Holy Spirit said, wait, I'm going to wait. So I sat there, eyes closed, waiting. And then the Holy Spirit said, now. And I opened my eyes, and there on the floor, where it hadn't been before, was Lizzie's Costa card picked it up, drove to Altium, dropped it off to her so she could use the till, drove back up here, plenty of time to do my destiny. And I thought, oh, oh, I've just stepped into something. Do you get what I mean? I've just stepped into a reality of where I am in heavenly places that I hadn't really got hold of before. Isabel has some more stories. I mean, you've read in Acts the Apostles, haven't you, where um, is, is Philip gets transported to go and preach to the eunuch. You've heard that story, haven't you? In Acts, the apostle gets transported, yeah? Have I ever heard of anybody being transported in modern-day times within Christian circles? No, I hadn't until I listened to Isabel, who regularly gets transported around the world to preach. She'd been transported to Germany to preach. And there was one instance of a lovely like story. Uh, she sat in her lounge. Um, remember you said you wanted passion. You wanted increased relationship with Jesus. So how does Isabel increase relationship with Jesus? She said, I was sat in my chair reading my magazine with Jesus. What did she mean by that? She means everything she does, it's with him. Everything. Even reading her 
I don't know, maybe it was on crochet. Maybe she was reading a magazine about crochet. Anyway, she was reading some magazine. She wasn't doing a super spiritual thing. She wasn't fasting. She wasn't praying. She wasn't reading the Bible. She was reading her magazine. And she said she was sat there when all of a sudden she found herself in a park in China. And she knew it was China because they were all speaking Chinese. And she notices a couple and they come up to her and her and this couple have a conversation and it seems to be that Isabel's giving them some guidance as to what they're to do in their church situation and then she said oh, she found herself back in her chair reading her magazine again she thought oh, that, was, that was interesting Jesus I love that one two years later she's doing a conference in now, I've got to be careful. I think it was San Francisco, but I might be it was some area of America. She's doing a conference, and a Chinese couple come walking up towards her, and she thought, "I know this couple. I wonder where I know them from." The couple said, "Yes, you do know us because you spoke to us in the park in China, and you gave us some advice as to what we were to do." So there's Isabel being translated around this world doing mission work if you like and she has stories of time standing still you know in the Old Testament you know, the time stopped still her and Ivan are driving to the airport and it's like it's snowing it's Canada a bit like you are in, a, in Germany snow's bad you know it's going to take it normally takes a quarter of an hour to get to the airport. They know it's going to, in this, these conditions, with the slow traffic and all of that, it's going to take them way longer than three quarters of an hour. They know that they would miss their flight because of the conditions. Um, and so Ivan was all for stopping and um, ringing the people, and they're coming to the UK, ringing the people in the UK, say, sorry, we can't get there because the snow will come later when Isabel said, well, don't you really feel that Dad's asked us to go to this conference? And I said, yes, we do. Okay, well then, i tell you what we'll do. And they put a piece of tape across the clock in the car. They took their watches off. They put their phones in a bag so they just couldn't see time. And they said, Dad, please could you stop time for us? They set off in the snow. They didn't look at time. They didn't panic. They drove to the airport got their bags out of the car, took the piece of tape off, and they were at the normal time being at the airport before getting on the plane. She said she's been in conferences where um, they prophesy over every person. So there might be like 500 people, and they'll prophesy over every single person. And they know how long that takes. And they were somewhere where they were told you have to be out of the building by 10 o'clock um, that's a must you cannot be any later um, please arrange your preaching and ministry so that you're out by 10 and both Ivan and her had really believed that they were going to prophesy over everybody so they said Holy Spirit you know all these constraints so we just ask you now to intervene in all of this so that we can prophesy over everybody and be out by 10 o'clock because that's the constraint she said as she was preaching the clock started going backwards she finished preaching they finished ministering to everybody that was in the conference 
and the clock stopped at 10 o'clock and they left at 10 o'clock so I'm just trying to expose you to the heavenly kingdom there's so much more that we can be involved in I like photography as you've seen I like taking photographs Um, the Panasonic G5 and they brought out the G6 which was a major upgrade and I thought oh I'd like that and I started to look into how how much would it cost to change my camera and um, I could sell my camera online and I could buy a second hand body G6 and I think it was going to cost me something like £30 to make the change and I thought oh that's worth doing so I'm in this process of making this plan to change my camera when the Holy Spirit says go to a shop called Curry's Curry's sell cameras so next to where I live there's a very large Curry's so I go in and I said I want to buy the Panasonic G6 he says oh, I'm sorry we don't have any I said well could you just look to see which stores have them or whether you've got them in stock and he, they, he went on the computer he says there's no shop at all no curry shop that's selling the Panasonic G6 and we have none in our store I'm very sorry sir so I came out feeling rather deflated because I thought I'm sure the Holy Spirit had told me to go to Curry's obviously I got it wrong that's what I'm thinking so I know I've got my backup plan which is I'm going to sell my camera online and buy the second hand body online and that'd be okay, I was happy with that £35, maybe it'll change, no problem the following day I'm in Manchester and there happens to be a Currys in the Arndale Centre and I did go in looking for the Panasonic G6 because I knew that none of the Currys had them I was just going in to waste a bit of time because Kath was doing some shopping so I was gone, I just wandered round I was just looking at things and I walked in and there was a Panasonic G6 now often they're not real cameras they just can be like bodies and uh, they're, not, they're not the real thing so I thought I wonder if it's just an advertising thing so I called the guy over he says oh no no this is brand new I, I said oh is it, so it's for sale oh yes sir it's for sale so I walked out of that shop having paid not £35, I think I had to pay £45, £10 more. But this time, I had a brand new G6, not a second hand. I had a brand new lens that was worth £150 as well. I had three brand new Panasonic batteries and they're worth £50 each. I had um, three, uh, three years accidental damage on the camera, free, and I had three years guarantee on the camera as well. And he had told me to go and look in the curries. And I thought, again, it's like, oh, there's more to this kingdom, right? There's more for me to live in and experience. I mean, you've been to Andy and Sharon's house and you've seen his grand piano. He has always wanted a grand piano. And Dad provided a grand piano for him. I don't play piano. I take photographs. My camera was as much father loving his son as Andy getting a grand piano. Um, so then 
we we have some blinds in our hallway. There's two blinds exactly the same, and one of them had started, you know, going up at an angle like that. You couldn't I couldn't fix it, so I went back to the shop where John Lewis that I bought it from. I bought it three years ago, and I'm thinking I'll go in and I'll try and convince them that this product isn't the right quality. It should have lasted longer than three years, knowing that we're way outside of the guarantee. I mean, normally 12 months is all you get. So I'm just trying to convince them that. So she says, Sir, I'm very sorry. Three years, you've gone past the guarantee. Um, if you like, I'll have a talk to my manager, see what we can do. And I said, OK, please do that. She said, well, if you come back in an hour and a half, I'll tell you. So... I'm now thinking, God, you can do more than me walk out of this shop and the lady say, sorry, there's nothing for you. You could do more than that. So I'm now beginning to believe that God's in this, that's in this, my blinds for my hallway, is in my blinds for my hallway. I walk back into John Lewis, big department store, and uh, the lady says, well, we tried to fix it for you, but we've actually made it worse than actually they had. You know, it was broken. But she said, you know what? I said to my manager, shall I go and look in the stock room? And the manager said, don't be daft. This, is, this blind was bought in our clearance sale three years ago. We do not have those blinds anymore. And she said, well, I'll just go and look. And she said to me, do you know what? And I thought, yes, I know what. She then held this blind, a brand new one. She said, there you go, sir. It's a brand new blind. Now, remember I said we had two. So there's a certain size of window. It had to be a certain size. There was a certain colour pattern of the blind. It had to be the same, otherwise it doesn't match. Do you get what I mean? In our hallway. It was the same size, the same colour, the same everything. And I walked out with an impossible blind. So I started, I started to feel that God is saying to me, I live in a heavenly realm that has more impact around it than I can imagine. Right? The impossible is possible when I'm walking with him. Right? So Jesus was never faced with impossibilities. They didn't trouble him, did they? You know, whether it was coins in a fish's mouth to pay his tax or walking on water, it didn't oh gosh I can't walk on water can I no just if I had to do that I can do that um, turning water into wine mum said you know come on they need you to do this and he turns it into wine um, walking through hostile crowds you know they were trying to um, arrest him and he just walks through them scripture says as Jesus is in this world so are we and remember I started off by saying Mark 9.23 says all things are possible to him who believes so it's to you Merrick all things are possible to you team and all things are possible so right at the beginning we were I was asking you what is it that you're wanting and, and you both said I want to see the miraculous stuff happening around me pray for the sick see them healed uh, do other things like that be involved you know be passionate with Jesus see that life of God around me and Jesus said in Mark 9.23 those things that you were just asking for are possible because you believe me 
Not possible because you're good and you've learned certain things, but possible because you're believing in the one who makes them possible. Your abundant life is hidden in him, and you're hidden in him, and therefore it becomes possible around you. Therefore it becomes possible for you to pray for the sick. It becomes possible for you to uh, see the miraculous happen, like June with her suitcase, see the miraculous, or uh, Ivan and Isabel seeing the miraculous happen. It becomes possible for you. Not because you've become more passionate, but because you've believed in the one who makes it possible. Right? And that's all you have to do. Believe him. The rest of my talks will talk about learning to see and feel and know the kingdom of God. But I'm trying to give you a, a, a taster to say all here for you it's nothing to do with how much effort you put in it's to do with that relationship that you're already in your brand new creation he has done it all in you and it's you choosing to believe and choosing to renew your mind when I heard Isabel talk about these things I thought I can't just hear this and not do anything I have to start moving towards this and start believing it and that I'm in this journey now of it opening up in front of me and I think you've started a journey as well of this opening up in front of you and realising that it can happen to American Tima right it will take you just sitting in your chair nothing will happen writing book reviews nothing will happen <laughs> <laughs> It's you choosing to believe and put into practice what you believe and keep going. So, will you pray for the sick and see people healed? Yes, you will. Will you pray for the sick and they're not healed? Yes, you will. Don't let that overwhelm you. Keep going, keep going, keep believing, keep expecting that the miraculous will happen around you and you will see it. Keep expecting that you'll prophesy over people and it will have an impact. That's why I said in the first week, practice, 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 practice. It's the thing to do. If you are naturally reserved and you don't like putting yourself out there, I can only say, put yourself out there. Don't be reserved. Get yourself into it. Try. <laughs> because you sit in your chair it'll not happen it's just the way it is you've got to go I'm going to take risks some people will say you spell faith R-I-S-K risk you take a risk Tony when he felt that the Holy Spirit said put your brush into the empty tin and paint he had to take a risk that it wouldn't happen now in a sense it's not a very big risk is it you know oh it's not going to somebody's life's not involved with this but your the prophetic words of your life and the destiny of your life is all involved with this heavenly kingdom that you're in and to live in this heavenly kingdom you're going to have to take some risks you're going to have to move forward with him you're going to have to I'm going to do this I'm going to see it happen and what we can tell you is the more you step forward in it the more you start to see it happening around you 
you'll believe me. <laughs> That's the way it happens. Um, as we said, we used to disqualify ourselves by saying, we're, we're not there yet. We're not full of God yet. We don't know him enough yet. We're not in this thing enough yet. We haven't done the whatever. We haven't done the seven-day fast. We haven't done the 40-day fast. We haven't done the praying all night. We haven't done the reading scripture through the Bible in a year. We haven't. And therefore, we disqualify ourselves. But what I tried to show right at the beginning, he called you brand new creation. He gave you the Holy Spirit. What else do you need? Anything else, Mark? No? Is there anything else, Timon, that you need? No? You need to remember to do it. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Because we slot into the normal, don't we? And you we think, ah, oh, I forgot this, I lost that, I lost that. And literally sometimes yeah. somebody has to remind you or you have to remind yourself, hey, I'm going to call it back into my possession. Absolutely, remember Rebecca. To remember to do it. Remember to do it. Or go try. We'll make it happen. Go see. You know. Um, I was reading in Hebrews about the, um, you know, people like Abraham, etc. And it talks about them receiving like the promise, but not seeing all of it. You know, not getting all of it. But they just believed that it was going to happen, and they went forward on that. And it's like they didn't even get. Um, you know, all these stories I'm telling you, that they, they give you some reassurance. Oh, gosh, yes, it is true. Oh, yes, look, it's true. Oh, look, look, that's happening. They give you some reassurance. And they didn't even have that. They just went forward, and I believe what God says. You know. So for yourselves, the more you get all of yourself, say, no, I am a son of God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can prophesy. I can pray for the sick. I can see the miraculous happen. I can expect it. I am going to go forward the more then you will start to realise oh it's there there's nothing else I need okay so thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk